Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Welcome into the zone. What's up, everybody? We'll ask more Christian Weaver. Acre Free Zone. He is in Iowa for a second time. Who goes to Iowa twice for vacation? Acre does. That's the answer to the trivia question. Uh, but uh, he'll be back on Monday. We're going to have a little fun today. Talk some Razorback football camp opens tomorrow morning. Scotty Bordelon will join us from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, wholehogsports.com. He comes in at 1030. We've got Dr. O'Malley at 1130 discussing sports injuries. Mayor of Little Rock at 1145. But right now we have Glenn Day in hanging out with us back from the Open Championship. You look a little warmer than the uh, last time I saw you. I tell you what, I, I, everybody else is just dreading this heat. Mm-hmm. I think it's the greatest thing in the world. From where I came from, I've been freezing. <laughs> well, I we, we joke about it. Uh, let's see, it's set on 68 in here today. When I walk out of here after sitting in 68 degrees for three hours, when I walk outside at first, I'm like, oh, it kind of feels good in here. And I'll sit in my car for a second and go, yeah, this feels good. I'm warming up. Yeah. So I kind of get what you're what you're saying. I uh, I would much rather, much rather walk outside and start sweating than I would walk outside and be cold. All right, let's talk about the Open Championship this past weekend. How, how miserable was it? When you, you talk about, compare it to other events that you've had to play in, where does that rank? It, it, you know, we played at that same golf course at the Senior Open in 2017. I showed you that weather a mm-hmm. minute ago. It was very comparable. We had, you know, wind gusts of 45 to 50, rain pretty much most of the day, either a mist and when it started raining, you could feel every raindrop hit you. It was like somebody was shooting you with a, a paint gun, paint gun, and uh, paintball. But it was uh, it it was it was so bad that we were laughing. You couldn't open an umbrella because the umbrella, as soon as you opened it, it just exploded. And I just threw the umbrella away, and immediately, and uh, it. All you wanted to do was check off a box. Okay, I finished this hole. I finished number one. Check. And you had 18 checks. And you didn't care what you shot. You just had to finish. Somehow you had to finish. How do you stay dry? Because for golfers, that's the, the number one thing. Keep your hands and, and your your, your uh, grips dry. There was nothing dry. I had on a full rain suit, and it was blowing sideways. So, I mean, it would hit you in the face, and it would hit, and it'd go down your rain suit. My underwear was wet under a rain suit there's nothing you can do it was literally so bad it was just funny it was funny what do you do to change your game then when you're when your hands are wet your grips are wet you know i i was i you got some rain gloves you know the the the, these special gloves Mm -hmm. that you know are better when they're wet and so you put on these rain gloves and you, you have right and left hands i mean you put on both i couldn't really keep the right one on but you just left it on all day long. You were just you were just wet. Everything was wet. Everything was wet. Didn't matter. Is there anyone that has an advantage? A type of golfer that has an advantage in no. weather like that? No. No. There's not. Because we got on the very first hole and my caddy looked and he gets a yardage book out and he gives me the yardage and I said, Does that really matter? And he goes, No, not really. You know, it, it didn't. It, it all you had to do was even downwind you couldn't control the golf ball you you just had to try to bunt it down the fairway get it up around the green and it was really hard to putt you couldn't stand still 
So you got your feet way wide so you could try to get a base mm-hmm. just to stand still and close your eyes and hit it. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. When you're talking about 30, 40 mile per hour winds in, in your face, let's say, how much do you club down there? Oh, uh, it it doesn't matter. It all, only matters how high you hit the golf ball. So on one particular hole, I had 102 yards to the front of the green. I hit a 7-iron 160 yards normally, and I'm not very long. I hit a 7-iron about knee-high, as hard as I could hit it, and I was five yards short of the green. <laughs> and, and that was the same reaction I had when it stopped. I was just laughing because there's nothing else you can do. So you're thinking at the time, because you've striped it, it's low. Yeah. Uh, maybe in your mind you're thinking, that may need to get down. I had on, on another hole, I had 140 yards to the front, 170 to the pin, and I hit a three iron right on the button as pretty as I could, and it hits and bounces. And I told my caddy, I said, that went over the green. I cannot believe I hit that over the green. I got there, it was short of the green, down in a hole somewhere. <laughs> it, just, it was just funny. Is it fun at all? You say funny, but is it fun playing? You know, I played, uh, my playing partner was Ken Tenagawa that day. And we started out on the first hole, and he was like, you know, this is going to be so miserable that it's going to be funny. You know, it's going to be a story we can tell. This is going to be fun. We're going to have fun with this. And I you know, we kind of laughed, yeah. Well, after he doubled number eight, which was a 110-yard par three, and then he doubled number nine, and then he made a triple on 10, he wasn't laughing anymore. It became not fun anymore. <laughs> so, is that, That's almost what you have to do, is just yeah. accept oh, yeah. the uh, and just embrace it yeah. and oh, go yeah. out and do have fun and do the best. Ultimately, if you, I've worked a lot with Dr. Bob Rotella, who's arguably the best in the business and sports and psychology and all. And, and, you know, in the game of golf, you're supposed to play one shot at a time. Well, this was the ultimate of one shot at a time. After you hit that shot, you could care less where it went. You just wanted to find it so you could hit it again. And then you went to the next shot. So it really was that, but it was impossible to play. We, well, there were four par fours that uh, you couldn't get there in two. Some of them I didn't get there in three. So it was just miserable. I think it was Y.E. Yang had the round of the day. Shot even par. Him and uh, Rob LeBritz was the very first guy off. When the weather wasn't as bad, it hadn't come in yet. And he shot even par. Y.E. shot even par. And he went from like 50th to top 10, I think, well, with even par. Did uh, Was he in the worst of the conditions? No, no. He was he was early. You know, the, those two scores were early. Uh, you know, uh, the guy that won, Alex Chaka, I think he shot five over. Mm-hmm. That was one of the best scores in, in later in the afternoon was five over. The average score was 7.8 over par, which was 78.8, par 71. We're talking with Glenn Day. He's just back from the Senior Open Championship. What did you shoot in the final round? I think I shot five under, yeah, five, five, five o- over, five or six. Because you moved up shooting oh, yeah. five over. Oh, yeah. Top 20 finish? Yeah. Yeah, moved way up. You feel good about the uh, finish and how you played? Uh, yeah, it was better. It was better. Um, I haven't played good this year. Um, had some 
medical issues before, which Dr. O'Malley helped me out with. You got him coming yeah. on. He was great. Uh, and things are a lot better. It took a little longer than I thought. You know, being 58, you don't just bounce back like you were when you were 30. <laughs> and I found it. My mind says I'm 30. My body just laughs. <laughs> well, that that will take you a long way, though, the mind will. So that, that's so. that's one good thing for you. Glenn Day with us in the uh, studio. Uh, when you play in conditions like that, I'm thinking it's almost uh, almost a, a mental break in a sense to where you can't get mad. Oh, you're right. Because you hit a shot, and you may have hit – you told us about some good shots you hit, but you can't get mad. You just got to go no. and chase it and – so it's almost like a mental break from the grind. I, I know you're still grinding in yeah. a different way, but so many people when they play golf get mad over a shot because instead of hitting it to five feet, they hit it to 15 feet or 20 feet. And in, in conditions like this, you got to throw that out the window. You know, I was, I don't remember what hole it was, par five on the back, and I had hit it up there and it rolled just over the green. I hit a great chip shot. I wasn't two and a half, maybe three feet, but it was crosswind. And... So I hit my putt, and I hit it, and I hit it good. I hit it solid, and I caught a gust of wind that blew me over and blew the golf ball about two cups to the right. My caddy just started laughing. I mean, we just started laughing because there was no way you could – there was no way anybody could hit a putt that bad. The wind just blew it way off. There's nothing you can do. Is there a point in time where – and I know they'll do it when the ball starts moving on the green because of wind gusts, but is there a point in time when it becomes so bad that they – should pull golfers off the course? You know, yes, there does. Uh, it happens a lot in the U.S. because our greens are so much better than the greens over there. The greens over there are much slower. So the ball's not moving on the greens because basically mm. it's got more grass on mm. it, you know. So that doesn't happen. Um, I was actually the guy that made them stop the regular British Open at St. Andrews in 2010 because the wind was blowing so hard and it was blowing the golf balls i mean literally a hundred feet down to another green so it does happen but not very often i've seen them before where the, you'll mark your ball on the green and then you go back and put it down and the wind will blow it and then you'll have to mark yeah. it and back and at that point that's when they usually i guess that's when they have to call it that, that's true but like i said over there it, it happens all the time because so the greens are slower and they have more grass on them, so the ball will stay. It won't roll as much. But, yeah, the ball was just sitting there oscillating like that. I mean. What's the best shot you hit Sunday? The best shot I hit Sunday was probably on 15, which is a par 3. And we had wind of about, oh, 40, 45 miles an hour. And I hit a 5-iron into a really tough green. And I literally aimed 20 yards left of the green and hit it just, I just hit it as hard as I could. And the ball just kept going and going and going to the right, going to the right. I hit it on the green. That's all you wanted was on the green. <laughs> how, going downwind, how, how far would the ball travel for you? It, it, it was, you couldn't really get it up in the air because the, the wind was blowing so hard that when the ball, Golf balls today don't spin as much as they used to, and the spin's what keeps it in the air. So when you went going downwind, it was hard to get it up in the air because the wind behind you was so hard. But I was on a par five, and I had uh, I had two forty something to the front, and I felt like I almost topped a three iron that went over the green. 
went like 270. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of stories were told in the locker room afterwards? That had to be kind of a fun locker room after it was over and everybody was trying to dry off. Everybody was in. They'd come in and drying off, and you'd look at somebody, and and they'd go, I I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Everybody was like, I I just – We'll talk about it later. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Nobody wanted to say a thing. Everybody wanted to just go home. <laughs> is this a uh, great win for Cheka, or is this one where he just survived a little bit better than everybody else? He just survived. He survived. Uh, you know, he won in a playoff over Patty Harrington, and uh, Patty played okay. Uh, Cheka really played. He played solid. I mean, he he. To shoot what he did was amazing. I felt bad. Was it Eckler that was up there near the lead? Eckler? Yeah, Stephen Eckler. He was up there at the top of the leaderboard or in second behind yeah. VJ. And, I mean, just that last day, the conditions killed him. I mean, he drops out. He shot like he 9, shot, 10, 11 over something. He shot, uh, I think he shot like 81 or 82. Uh, Colin Montgomery shot 87. Um, I think there was a 90. Uh, I mean, it was... It was unbelievable. Glenn Day with us in the studio. He's going to be hanging out with us. We're going to talk some about uh, the rest of the schedule, his game, uh, golf in general. Um, I, I had a, that's what I was wondering this morning, Glenn. With the uh, we can get into it later, but with the live and the PGA Tour and the combination, is that going to have any kind of impact on the Champions Tour? Will that filter down at all? Is there anything that's going to impact you guys? We can definitely have these conversations. Uh, I'm a little more outspoken than most people. Um, the uh, The short answer of that is no. This is a short answer. Um, you know, Tim Fincham, when he was the, the commissioner, he really looked at the Champions Tour as an avenue to take golf into different markets that the PGA Tour could not go into. Uh, Des Moines, Iowa. You mentioned Iowa. We mm-hmm. play in Des Moines, a really good golf tournament. Okay, uh, the PGA Tour that's way too small for them. We go there, so we're bringing golf. We're 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 continuing our brand. Um, Monahan does not have the same uh, thoughts in his mind. Let's put it like that. He he doesn't much care about the Champions Tour. I don't think. Now, right now, he does have a lot more on his plate than worrying about the Champions Tour. But, in my opinion, that's a problem he created on, him, on, him, on him himself. So, Who runs the Champions Tour? Well, the PGA Tour as the Champions Tour. But we have a commissioner just like – so, Jay Monahan is a commissioner of all tours. Every tour has its own, let's say, commissioner, head guy. Okay, Mm -hmm. and so we have a guy named Miller Brady, who is wonderful, really cares for our tour, does a great job. And then below him, we have a guy named Jimmy Gabrielson, and they do as good a job as they possibly can. The Champions Tour right now is really thriving, Mm -hmm. but with everything else going on, it's an issue of where is the Champions Tour going to be in the future? You know, how are we going to move forward? How are we going to get our purses up? Because all of the kids now that are coming out, well, to start with, we used to play golf until we were 45 and then on the tour. And then at 45, you had five years to get to the regular tour. 
And we had what was called a past champions category. And out of that category, you could play, let's say, 12 to 15 events. Well, that's perfect. That keeps you going. That mm-hmm. keeps you playing at whatever. Nowadays, and I've always said technology uh, has changed the game. Tiger changed the game by a lot of athletes play golf now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are true, solid athletes, unlike myself, however. But, uh, you know, in the old days, the athletes played football, baseball, basketball. Now they want to play golf. So you have much younger people winning, much younger people playing. They're swinging harder. They're in better shape. They also get hurt more often, i.e. Will Zalatoris, you know. So their careers are going to be short, like a football career, Hmm. you know. They're not going to sustain playing golf, you know, like Ernie Els did, let's say. It's just not going to happen. And so – there's a break in their career now. They've won so much money. How do you entice somebody? The, the theory is, how do you entice somebody that's won $40, 45000000 million and then add all the you know endorsements and stuff on top of that to come out and play golf when you're 50? So, Why do the younger players get hurt more? Is it due to them swinging so hard and the, stuff like the, that? The, the game is, is taught differently. Um, kind of hard to explain but when i was growing up they taught the game from the putting green back to the tee box Mm -hmm. you went out first they gave you a putter they gave you maybe a nine iron here you chip around play figure out how to do this and we go back now they teach the game from the tee box to the putting green you're a young kid they hand you a club all the new kid uh clubs for kids are they're light where they can swing them and they teach you to swing as hard as you can. You swing as hard as you can and we'll figure out how to make the ball go where you want to go. So it's taught differently. So they're swinging harder. They're working out. They're putting more stress on their body. They're building up muscle. Um, my opinion, uh, part of the reason Tiger was hurt so much is you look back in the old days and how small he was. Well, look at the mass that he put on his body. And the torque and all that he was swinging at, body's not going to handle it, you know. Different people are, are and and it's showing that people are. Uh, my problem was my hip that that Larry that Doc you know had to fix. A lot of people are having hip problems. A lot of people are having back problems. Um, you know, it's they're not going to play when they're forty five. They're just not. Sort of like a basketball player, the more weight they put on, yep. the more stress they have on their body. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. Same We're thing. just getting started. We've got to take a break. When we come back, Scotty Bordelon will join us. We're going to talk some Razorback football. They open camp in the morning. Glenn's a big old Miss fan. Well, I, I, I like to tell people my, my two kids and all my money went to Ole Miss, so I'm kind of forced to, you know, look at that. Do you root for the Razorbacks? I do. Except yes. for that one week a year? Except for that one week a year, I, I, I do. Yeah. We'll talk some Razorback football when we come back. Stick around. You're in the zone. Welcome back. Westmore, Christian Weaver, Acree Free Zone. we got Glenn Day hanging out with us. When do you head back out on the road? Next week. Next, Next week, week I go to uh, – uh, this is kind of a brutal little trip. i got to go to Seattle next week, Calgary the week after that, and Flint, Michigan the week after that. Well, y'all are heading north. That's at least smart right now. Well, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. Is Calgary West Canada? I'm always a little confused Alberta. about Alberta. I am too. I got to be honest. About with the, you. It, it's, uh, I know Vancouver's above Seattle. It, 
it's an hour time change from Seattle. So it's a little I think right. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, I think a it's east. a little right. A little it's, east still, there. it's still western Canada, I'd say. I, I would say. Yeah. I, I'd say Seattle's far west. Yes, <laughs> like way about as far west except for Alaska. <laughs> way out there. Uh, how many more events do you guys have? You know, I'd have to look. I was actually trying to look at that when I was coming in here. I know we go three. We got a week off. We play three more. We got a week off. Then I think we play two, and then we start the playoffs, which is three tournaments. So three, six, nine, mm-hmm. eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you play all the way through, yeah. Are you planning on playing all the way through? Well, if I you. Once you get into the playoffs, I'm gonna have to play good. I'll get into the playoffs, mm-hmm. but to continue, I've gotta. I need to step it up a notch. So you've been on the tour now, uh, Champions Tour, eight years. Yeah. How let's, much? Let's, let's don't break. <laughs> <laughs> Giving everybody your age. How how much more difficult has it gotten since you know when you first joined? That it, is a great question. Ago? We talk about that all the time. Five years ago, six years ago, if you shot even par, just even par. For three days, you know, you were going to finish, let's say, top 30. Maybe top 40, but but top 30. I mean, no, even par was a good score. Now, if you shoot even par, you're going to finish about 50th or 60th. Uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, the, the, the quality of golf is, is incredible. And everybody thinks we play short golf courses and mm-hmm. this and that. Well, we played uh, Firestone uh, for the – Players Championship, um, seventy two hundred eighty yards wow. par seventy par seventy seventy one seventy I think. I mean we don't ever play anything under seven thousand yards. I mean unless the golf course isn't that big. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to Seattle, uh, play a really good golf course. Chris DeMarco, it was his first tournament out. He comes out, he plays nine holes, and he goes, man. He goes, five under par is going to win this golf tournament. He said, what a great golf course. Holy cow, this hole and this hole, it's long. And I said, Chris, buddy, I said, 15 under, he goes, there's no way. Three rounds, there's no way. Uh, It was about 48 degrees and mist and rain, and um, Kevin Sutherland shot 61, and he didn't win the tournament. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i mean it's just crazy these guys are i mean it's tough what's the nicest champions tour event well we have a lot of really good events i don't want to to put one down or, or put you know but uh jim furick has an event in jacksonville and we play a really good old style golf course bermuda greens firm golf courses in great shape uh and they do a wonderful job but they, our tournaments are, are run very, very, very well. What is the most exotic location you have been playing golf in the world? Exotic or stupid <laughs> uh, that I have personally been. Um, I, I would say the wildest place that I have ever played golf in my life was Pakistan. Hmm. Okay. How about that one? Um, this year on the Champions Tour, we went to Marrakesh uh, early in the year. Um, but I played personally when I got out of college, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a country club boy. You know, I grew up in South Mississippi, nine hole golf course. So I, I kind of had to learn. So I got out of college, I went to Asia and I played Asia for two years. And then after that, I went to Europe and I played Europe 
for three years. And uh, the three years I was in Europe, uh, I was dating my wife one year. We were engaged one year. We were married one year. And then that's when I came back to the U.S. and played. Over on the uh, unsponsored text line, you can still get a uh, sponsorship for the text line. Uh, email sales at 1037thebuzz.com. Wes Acre is not at a birthday party. He went to Iowa to be a star witness in the Iowa State gambling case. <laughs> I mean, it's gambling, right? <laughs> uh, let's see here. We have four main rules when me and my buddies play golf. One, you can't laugh at me until I laugh first. You can't point when you laugh. We're not good enough to get mad, and we get our money's worth and play two fairways at once. Good rules. I've been there. Yeah. Um, oh, and I was sent an article that ranks the SEC stadiums. We'll get into that later. He says it may be one of the worst articles written ever. Can't wait to share that with you. Uh, we got Glenn Day in the studio with us hanging out. Over on the uh, text line, Glenn, we had some uh, a couple things for you. This one... Uh, from the 501, actually from the 615. I don't know what area code that is, 615. Uh, a lot of average golfers or a lot above average golfers can't hit it more than 250, 280. What's the minimum distance you need to be able to drive it in order to play competitive professionally? Professionally mm-hmm. on the PGA Tour, um, you are, you're going to have to hit the ball close to 300 yards. I mean, you know, Rory carries the ball about 320 to 328. Uh, Those guys hit it so far. But um, in today's game, it has become a length game. And if you can't hit it close to 300 yards, there's no reason in going to try to play. It was honestly kind of fun and different watching the uh, Open Championship the week before you guys and uh, the winner, uh, I went brain dead. Brian Harmon. Harmon, he, he wasn't a long hitter, but his long irons were phenomenal. He hit the ball better than anybody else did all week long. And the one stat that people didn't quite hear or get, and it happens every week, which this is amazing to me, he was 48 out of 48 from 10 feet and in. Uh, that's what wins golf tournaments. But on Sunday, he hit the middle of every fairway. He hit it solid. He hit it great. Uh, He played within himself. He didn't try to do anything special, and he won by five. And that's pretty remarkable. You look at the guys that were like at seven under or six under. I mean, it was a who's who of golf. If it wasn't for what Harmon did, you you would have maybe had a uh, (laughs) four-person playoff at the Open with a bunch of huge names. But for him to play that way, it was – you Pretty know, incredible. It, 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 you get into the zone, as you've heard before and everything, and he was definitely there because he hit some really good golf shots and made great swings every hole. Uh, and what a likable guy. He talked about he wanted to get back and he got a new tractor and was wanting to mow. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's what he, he how is, he's going to celebrate. He is a good guy. He, he comes duck hunting with us every now and then oh, really? in, in Arkansas. Him and Kevin Kisner, hmm. they, come, they come hunting every now and then. Uh, what is Glenn's favorite course? Uh, well, you know, I'm asked that a lot. Um, my favorite course is the course that I make the most money on. Uh, ultimately, it's a job for me. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the favorite courses are, uh, you know, I throw Pebble up there real, real quick. Um, other than that, you know, I love Lynx Golf over in England, uh, Carnoustie. Um, I was talking to Trey earlier. Carnoustie's great. Uh, St. Andrews. 
may not be the best golf course in the world. I hated it the first time I played it. I hated it again. I hated it again. Then you start learning the history of the game, and that becomes a lot bigger factor in that. That's a wonderful course. Mm-hmm. But in the United States, i got to go with Pebble. Uh, similar question on our uh, Asher Record Wi Fan feedback. Uh, I know Glenn played some of the best courses in the world, but what is your favorite in Arkansas? Of course, if you're. Well, uh, you have a lotion right down the street here, and <laughs> that's obviously the best, uh, I think, the best course in Arkansas. But uh, Best course that people can actually play. play you know what? I, I got to go with Pleasant Valley. Okay. Um, that's my home golf course. Uh, Chris Mays is a pro there, a great pro. The membership there, I absolutely love. Uh, I've got great friends there, play there all. That's where I play when I'm home, when, when I play with my friends. I love Pleasant Valley. Okay. Can you play just for fun? Um, occasionally, <laughs> occasionally, <laughs> I'm not going to take my club on vacation. Let's put it like that. <laughs> what do you do for vacation? Uh, come home and do what? <laughs> well, whatever my wife would like to do, <laughs> you know, uh, we travel a lot. So, uh, we come home, I've got a new grandbaby now, uh, 11 months old. So we go see the grandbaby yep. and, and, uh, things like that, but. When you travel for events like you went over to Britain, do you go sightseeing or did you used to? No, okay. no. Like uh, Jennifer went to Marrakesh this year and she had a blast because all of the wives, they went out and they had, you know, security and all that went with them. And they went to the market and they went here and they went there. And she was telling me all about it. I saw a hotel, two restaurants <laughs> and a golf course. So that's about it. Uh, Richard in Oxford is listening. And Richard says, is Glenn with y'all in quotes all day? <laughs> he says to tell you hello. Yeah. Uh, is that nickname still with you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, You know, I was extremely slow when I was younger. And Mr. Nicholas is the one that started that. He did? And, and I did not know that. He started. He smarted off in front of Jim Nance, and we were in Chicago. And I was actually playing good that week. I think, think I finished third or something. So I was on TV. Mm-hmm. So Jim throws it out there. So everybody picked up on it. So I had a choice. I could either embrace it yeah. or I could, you know, fight, which I'm going to lose that battle because I was slow. Yeah. So, you know, my uh, license plate says all day. I got all days on my golf tees. <laughs> I, you know, I just embraced it. Did it mess with you at all did did no. you find yourself go i gotta speed up a little bit or oh, bother yeah. you yes no it did not bother me i did want to speed up um uh, you know it it was just my mental process of the way that i was going through things i wasn't doing correctly so i went to mr nicholas and i said what do i need to do how do i need to accomplish this goal because he was not very fast player either and so he said basically he told me he said you need to be ready to play ready to hit your shot when it's your turn and if you're ready you can take as long as you want over the ball it may seem like it takes it's taking you forever but you'll never be slow problem people have you can watch a pga tour event you got a player and a caddy and they'll sit there and jaw back and forth and back and forth and back and forth for two minutes and he gets over the ball and hits it and they go well he's not slow well yes he is slow it took him two and a half minutes to hit that shot if you're ready to play when it's your time, if you stand over that ball for 30 seconds, it only takes 30 seconds. That 30 seconds may seem like it's a long time, mm-hmm. but it's only 30 seconds. I'm glad you said that. And I have a couple of buddies think I take 
I'm thorough. But I always tell them, <laughs> I'm ready when it's my turn, but I may do a couple things before I hit it. Biggest key, be ready when it's your turn to hit, and then you won't have a problem. Uh, let's see here. We've got a question for Dr. O'Malley. Uh, this one uh, from Jacob in Hot Springs. Just like John Daly said, you can't pull fat. That's why he's never been injured. Well, he's had his share of injuries later on in his career, but um, that goes back to your point of you muscle up a little bit. To, to, uh, and, and that was one of the criticisms of, of Tiger when he, he got all big and yeah. jacked up and then his body started to fail him at times. I mean, you know, these kids are pushing the envelope uh, just like in every other sport, and sometimes you break the envelope. I was a Little Rock Police Department officer who worked at the airport. Glenn was always so nice to me and spoke to me like he was my friend. I have always rooted for him, a real gentleman. That's from uh, Kyle in Little Rock. Thank you very much. You know, I, I, I I try to treat everybody the same no matter who you are, so... I try to instill that in my kids. David wants to know what town from South Mississippi you're from. I grew up in a little town called Poplarville. It's about 30 miles south of Hattiesburg on the way to New Orleans. David says he's from Prentice, so I guess Prentice. he, he I know knows the area down yeah. there. Yeah. Isn't was it Al Jefferson from Prentice? Yep. Yep. He was a, a Razorback commit, yeah. big-time player. and I actually went down when I was with uh, Channel 11 to Prentice and did a story with him and uh, then uh, ended up getting drafted and went to the NBA and had a, a good long career where he made a lot of money yeah. in the NBA. Yeah, Never made it to Arkansas. How, how did you end up here? Uh, I tell everybody, you know, you live where you live because of two reasons. And i got to be real careful because she's listening. Uh, it's either a job or a woman and i was fortunate enough to meet uh, an extraordinary young lady named jennifer and uh, she's from here Uh, she is bob ralston was her dad who passed away a couple of years ago steve ralston at burns park is her uncle and so uh, we we ended up here we stay here in arkansas and i love it couldn't have made a better decision and speaking of the Rawlsons, y'all got a big event coming up Monday. We do. On Monday, uh, Jennifer um, and her brother Dustin, after Bob passed away, put put together a, a charity pro-am. And they raised money for a scholarship for one boy and one girl to go to college that are hmm. playing, you know, college golf. And so they give that out every year. And it is Monday at Burns Park. Uh, I believe we're having a 1 o'clock shotgun. Um I think there are a few teams left. I'm not sure. Uh, last year we were full. It's been great. And uh, it's a way to honor Bob. Bob was, people ask me who's the best player you've ever played with. And I'd say Jack Nicholas. And they go, well, yeah, that's obvious. Who else? And I, say, I would say Bob Ralston hmm. because he was that good. Um, there takes a lot of, of things to make a professional golfer. And, but as far as swinging the golf club and playing, he was that good. What was it like playing uh, with Mr. Nicholas? Oh, just like playing with anybody else. For me, just like I told you, I try to treat everybody the same. And the reason we became friends was I treated him just like anybody else. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't fall down on, the, you know, at his mm-hmm. feet and wasn't scared to death of him or anything. I, I pulled jokes on him, pranks. He loved it. I mean, he, he we have a we had a blast. When uh, I, I love the argument, and we uh, talk about it from time to time, and we get into it, Justin and I do, uh, 
and I think I know your answer, but I'm going to ask you, who's the uh, greatest golfer ever? Jack Nicklaus. It's, there's no, I mean, people can say Tiger, and Tiger's done a lot for the game. Now, Mr. Nicholas did a lot for the game. Um, I think when you talk about greatest ever and when you're having that conversation, you're always going to run into whatever era you're in. Mm. That's the people that a lot of people didn't see Mr. Nicholas play, and they saw Tiger play. Okay, Not only did he win the most majors, but if you look at his total record, he finished second I don't know how many times. I mean, the, the, the records is ridiculous. Um, and what he's done for the sport. Tiger has done a lot, but what Mr. Nicholas has done also. And uh, my opinion is Mr. Nicholas. And he's, he's designed a, a lot of great golf courses over the years and made an impact that way also. Yeah. Have you ever thought of – have you done that? Do you, I have. I, 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 uh, I, built, I built eight golf courses. It was a lot of fun. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, I, I did. Where that. were they? A um, couple in North Carolina, uh, and, a, and a couple in Alabama. Um, I had a blast doing it. Um, I had a, I, I learned from Mister Nicholas. I actually went with him when he was doing golf courses and learned how hmm. and why things happen and what. And so it's a very interesting process to go through. But yes, I I built golf courses, redone golf courses. Um, it's a lot of fun. Are you still doing it? Or? No, not much anymore. Um, I had a partner who passed away, and when he passed away, he was the person that would kind of go get jobs and mm-hmm. stuff. It's it's a full-time job, and in today's world, there are a lot of people that do it, and you really have to spend all your effort doing that. Uh, and I've spent my effort trying to play, so I kind of stepped away from it for a while. Is it something, I'm sorry, is it something you might get back into one day? Um, I've been asked to do a few things and I've helped with a few things. Uh, yeah, probably not, probably not, but I would, if someone wanted, you know, something done, it's all about the owner, you know, it's whatever the owner wants in a golf course. It's not your vision of what goes on. It's what the owner wants. And that's what people don't understand. A lot of people don't like some of Mr. Nicholas's courses, uh, it really wasn't his decision. The owner said, I want you to make this as hard as you can, or I want you to make this a public golf course. That's two separate, you know, mm-hmm. two separate things. So, it, like I said, it's a real interesting process. Well, I was going to ask, but you sort of addressed it there. Um, when you're designing, what makes a good golf course? Well, a good piece of land. A good piece of land, to be honest. If you've got a great piece of land, you can make a great golf course. If you don't have a great piece of land, then you would have to move a lot of dirt mm-hmm. to to reconfigure that piece of property, which the cost goes way up. And obviously, you know, you're only going to spend X for most courses. Uh, so you're, you're kind of limited in what you can do with the piece of land that you have. It takes somebody with vision to be able to look at piece of land and figure out how this golf course is going to fit on a piece of land. You, you know, ever find yourself? I, sometimes I'll be driving down the road and see like a tree line. I was like, "Man, that would make a great, you know, par yeah. four right there." If they somebody came in here, and then anyway, it's just always something that's fascinated me. Well, you you actually take a topo map, and that's where you start. Mm-hmm. You're just looking at a map, and then you have these little thing called templates that you lay on the on a topo map, and you lay out a golf course, and you it's called a routing, and you may do 
20 routings and you just keep looking and you keep you know you keep moving stuff and 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 around and then you go out on the property and when you come up with a routing and you may walk through things and go holy cow look at that big beautiful oak tree we're going to move this over here mm-hmm. or we're not touching that or here's a creek or here's a something and so it's always evolving in every every step of the process it's like a puzzle it is you're, you're putting a puzzle together it is uh, a couple more questions for you. Um, how good would Jack Nicholas be in his prime if he could use today's equipment? That's from somebody in the 870. Well, I will tell you this. He would not have been any better than he was because he was the best. Hmm. He would have been the best with the new equipment. Um, if you watch some old videos of him, he swung hard mm-hmm. at the golf ball with a little bitty wood-headed driver. He would have done the same thing with today's driver, and he would hit it farther than anybody else just the way he did back then. Cattleman wants to know how many about how many acres for the average golf course. Uh, the best little bitty golf course in the country is Memphis Country Club, and it's on about 97 acres, I think. I'm not sure it's on 100. Uh, a a Normal. If you just build a golf course, you know I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with about a two hundred, about two hundred. Hmm. But in you know today's world, you're building a course. You're going to put housing on it. You're going to put something. So you're like Chanel. It's a vast amount of property. It is a uh, it's a development. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, Doctor O'Malley will join us. You going to hang around? Do you want to? for a minute yeah i gotta talk to doc i gotta ask him something all right dr o'malley's coming up i got a couple sports questions we got a actually a couple people's already uh sent in some questions for dr o'malley stick around you're in the zone